I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Fills exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. So I want to introduce to you Mike Moore, our business sphere expert. Mike is an incredible businessman as well as a global motivational speaker. He's the guy you call into the room when people need their passion fired up and a new lease on purpose. Mike loves business and he loves God. And his latest book, Love God, Make Money, unpacks what that is all about. Mike knows that God and business are not enemies, but in fact, they're part of the same conversation. Let's welcome Mike Moore. Good to be with everybody today. And I want to share a couple thoughts. You know, remember back in 2001, everybody, if you were an American and you lived in America, you knew exactly where you were, what you were doing, probably what you were wearing on 9-11, September 11th, 2001. Everybody remembers it. If you're an American, right? Maybe overseas, not, but here you would when the terrorist attacks came on the United States. And I remember George Bush saying, this is now not a war on a nation. This is a war on terrorism. Where are they? What are they? And the whole bit, right? And everybody kind of wonders, are we going to have another terrorist attack? Afghanistan now is on their own, being overtaken by the Taliban. They have $85 billion worth of our weapons. Are they now going to use that and attack us again? People are talking about that on TV programs. They're blaming the right. They're blaming the left. We don't know what to do, right? A lot of people are concerned about this. But we should be concerned about something way deeper than an external threat. Though that should be you know, concerning, because I get that. Let's not minimize that. But there's something that attacks us daily that we should be more concerned about. And that's the internal terrorists that affect our lives on a daily basis. What am I talking about? Let's name five of them. Fear, judgment, unforgiveness, doubt, and pride. Those things attack us and we don't know what to do about that. So let's just look at those. We're concerned about an external threat. Everybody, I get that. I really do. Let's not minimize that. But not at the expense of looking at the internal threat to our well-being as human beings on planet Earth where it affects our personhood and it affects our identity. It affects the way we do business. It affects the way we treat other people. and It affects the way our families are going to present themselves in society. So let's look at these. The first one we talked about is fear. Now listen, there's five of these. There's probably 10 of them. These are the five biggies. We could spend one hour on each of these. I want to touch them and I want to give an example of some people scripturally and how they dealt with this and let's tie this thing up, okay? The first one's fear. 
What, what does the, the scriptures teach about fear? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a love and a sound mind in, in the book of Timothy. He's calling fear a spirit, not a feeling. It's a spirit. Now think about this. At some level, we're all afraid of something. And what do people do? What have you heard pastors say? Do not fear, it says in Isaiah, do not fear because I'm with, with you. Do not anxiously look about you because I'm your God. And we, we quote that. Well, God says, don't fear. Oh, gee, because it says that, I'll just stop fearing? No, let's go deeper with that. This is what people say all the time. Do not fear, do not fear. But it's what's after that that we should focus on. What did he say? Do not fear because I'm with you. If we focused on God is with us, we're not going to fear. I saw a picture one time. I thought this was so powerful. There's this tiny little cub lioness. And this little cub, maybe three months old, is on a rock in the middle of a river. And it's this brown Kodiak bear sees lunch. And this bear starts coming up, and this little, you know, lion mimics dad and mom and kind of goes up and gives this little roar like, like a little meow, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, the brown bear starts to back away, comes down, walks out of the river, and goes back into the woods. But then this, the, the photo kind of uh, comes back with the camera, and you see standing behind the little cub is dad with a huge mane and his wife that just produced this little baby and they're standing there saying, bring it. That little cub didn't know that. Little cub thought it was him, right? Wasn't, or her, wasn't. Who was it? It was who was behind him. When we concentrate on the fat, listen, by the way, lions don't need to be protected. They can protect themselves. They can defend themselves. God doesn't need to be defended, everybody. God can defend himself. And when we understand that he's with us and we learn to practice the presence of God, knowing he's with us all the time, 24 by 7, 365 days a year for our entire life. How do we know that? It says in the book of Hebrews, in the scriptures, he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you so that we can boldly declare the Lord is my helper. He's my, what shall I fear? What can man do to me? We need to, instead of focusing on not doing something, let's focus on who we are and what God has already done on our behalf. He said, I'm your provider. I'm your protector. Don't fear because I'm with you. Let's learn to practice the presence of God in our life. How do we know we have his presence? Because he said it. See what I love about the scriptures. It's a true or false exam. It's not fill in the blank. You know, it's not a multiple choice. It's a true or false test. God said, don't fear because I'm with you. True or false? If it's false, then the whole Bible's false. So let's throw the whole thing out. If it's the word of God, then we can trust it. If he said, don't fear because I'm with you, let's focus on the fact that he's with us. And he goes, I'll never divorce you. I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. Listen to everybody, it's not about us. It's not about, did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? And we're so consumed 
with behavior modification that we miss the promises of God. Let's start there. So number one, fear is a spirit. It's not a feeling. It's a spirit. And God said, I put that on you. That's not me. There's example after example in the scriptures how fear causes us to make decisions that we would not have made have we not felt this feeling of fear in the first place. So let's refocus away from what am I afraid of to who am I in Christ and what does he say? He's with us. We're practicing his presence. That's one. How about judgment? Man, we judge people. Here's what I love about it. Listen, when I'm strong in and you're not, I'm going to judge you in that because I got it conquered, you don't. But if I'm weak in something and I see you're weak in it too, I have mercy on you. Come on, let's just get real with ourselves. I'm divorced. Before I divorced, if you were divorced and you said you were following Jesus, I judged you. You can't be a Christian and go through a divorce and make these covenants and these promises to another human being in front of God, and then you can't walk that out. I just judged you until what? Till I went through it. Oh my goodness, now I have mercy on me. Now I can have mercy on you. Let's just get real with each other. You know what? Humility and judgment, when a person's humble, it's very, very difficult to judge and compare against another human being. What do I mean by that? When I'm humble, it's pretty simple. You know what humility is? Let's define it. It's pretty easy. He's God. We're not. End of story. Nothing more to say, everybody. We are a manufactured product. We didn't ask to be born. You didn't ask to have the color of skin, that color of eyes, how tall you would be, who your parents would be, whether what your gender would be, what your race would be. Did you have a vote in that? Anybody say in the womb, God visited them and said, God asked me, do I want to be black or white? Do I want to be six feet tall or five, five? He didn't ask anybody. Here we are. And we can make a, a judgment against somebody that's different than us. And we didn't have a choice to be who we are. Come on. Let's just get real and quit the BS judgment we put on people all the time. Do you remember the example Jesus used in scripture? Because judgment ties into what? Ties into forgiveness. Here's why. Unforgiveness. That's another. That terrorizes us. So Simon, this wealthy Pharisee, invites the prophet, this rabbi, to the house. Thinking, hey, I got money. He'll probably show up. So he shows up, and we know the story. There's this sinful woman. That's what Simon called her. This sinful woman, when Jesus came in, started to, you know, with the tears, you know, started to use that as water to wash his feet, and she took her hair and dried feet off. Now, you know Jewish custom back in the day. They were wearing sandals. Their feet got dirty. They were open sandals. They were dust. They didn't have paved roads. So you'd go in. And if it was a very, very wealthy family, usually there'd be a servant at the door and they'd wash your feet. Worst case, there'd be a basin there that you could do it yourself. Jesus came in and said, Simon, to give him any water or anything. But here's this sinful woman 
according to Simon. And she started taking her tears, which was water, and wiping his feet and transferring the dirt from his feet to her hair. And Simon's thinking in Jesus being God, everyone, could read his mind. And he said this, Simon, can I tell you something? He goes, speak, teacher. He said, so here's these two guys that owed the master some money. One owed him 500, one owed him $50,000, let's use today's dollars. And he forgave them both. Which one do you think would have loved the master more? He goes, well, Rabbi, pretty simple. Probably the guy who is forgiven more. And he said, you judged rightly. Think about this. Jesus says, ah, now you judge rightly. When I heard your thoughts that you were judging her being a sinful woman, whatever that means, right? And you said, oh, if this guy were a, a prophet, he'd know that this is a sinful woman. And he was judging this woman internally. And God said, now, oh, now you've judged rightly. That's before you didn't, but now you have. So he called him out on his judgment because he said, the person that has been forgiven more, that person is going to love more. Okay? That's what happened with this woman. This woman was forgiven a lot of whatever she did that made her the sinful woman. And she could love more. She knew this man can forgive sin. And he did that. He says, your sins, which are many, are forgiven. But with Simon, Simon thought he had it all together. Simon knew it all. Simon was one of those guys we meet every day in business. Like, hey, I know everything. You can't teach me anything. Reminds me of the time I'm sitting on an airplane. And I draw a circle. I'm talking to this guy next to him. And he's going, you know, I don't believe in God. It's a bunch of garbage and blah, blah. I said, fair enough. Okay, let's go with that. So I drew a circle. And I said, this circle represents all the knowledge in the universe. I said, here's a pen. Show me how much you know. If that circle, how much do you know? And he goes, okay. And I said, oh, but before you do that, know this. The most pompous human being would put a pin dot but go for it. So he takes his pen and he draws a piece of pie out of this circle. I went, whoa, okay. I said, what if God's in the area that you don't know? Then what? He goes, well, I just haven't discovered it yet. I go, okay, well, you will then as you get more knowledge, right? Getting back to this Simon thing. Listen, God said you made a correct judgment, but before you didn't. Think through this with me. Simon says, I can judge this woman properly. Simon says, when I compare my life against hers, I'm better. Simon says that I don't need to be forgiven because I'm doing everything right, right? The sinner says, I need Jesus. The person that realized they sin says, I can't judge. I got to look at myself. There's a big difference, everybody comparison when we judge others we're judging ourselves. we don't know what's going on in other people's lives but when we start comparing what's going on the outside of someone else's life that's what's going on the inside of our life that's where we get in trouble we don't know terrorism real terrorism fear judgment unforgiveness 
When we can learn to forgive ourselves, past, present, and future, that's what God did. Mike, there's no way. Yep. The sin you're going to commit in 15 years, God's forgiven for you. God has already forgiven you for that. How do I know that? When Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead for the sin of the world, we weren't even born yet. God doesn't live in time and space. We do. We weren't alive, and he died. So when we receive Jesus and believe what he did for the forgiveness of our sin, that's today. We weren't even alive yet, right? He died on a cross for all of it, which means all of our sin was in his future. So the sins 10 years from now, 10 years before, and today, they're all wiped away. God saw every single decision you would make in life, every feeling you would have, every thought you would have from the beginning of your life to the end. And he said, I accept you. I love you. You've come to me. I forgive you from beginning to the end. Knowing that, knowing what we've been forgiven from, how can we not forgive other people, everybody? But it starts with us. We need to agree with him. If he says you're forgiven, accept it, believe it, walk it out. But people offended me. Do you know how many people you've offended that have talked to God about you? Come on, let's get real. Let's attack these terrorists, this fear, this judgment, this unforgiveness, this pride, like we got it all together. Look at how blessed we are to live in America and blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It's not about us, everybody. And guess what? We live our life. We do the best we can. We make money. We raise families and we're going to die. It's going to happen. We want to die on the right side of God, not on the other side. What's the last one? Doubt. When we read the scriptures, let's not doubt this. If God said it, let's believe it. Let's believe what he says. If not, put the Bible down and let's quit playing fake Christianity. It's not worth it. We're all in or we're all out. When Jesus died, was buried and rose again, he said, Mike, I'm all in. I'm betting everything on my spirit within you, that my spirit can change the way you think, what you believe about me. My spirit can change your fear, your judgment, your unforgiveness, your pride and your doubting, my spirit in you. I'm all in. Just believe what I say without wavering and don't change. And when we get into the scripture at that level, that's the thing that's going to wash us so internally. It's going to change what we think and it's going to change the why behind the what. It's not what we do. It's why we do what we do. That's the most important thing in life. Let's be an army. Let's start with ourselves and attack the internal terrorists. When we do that, nothing's beyond what God said we could do with the authority he put inside us. In his name, amen. Onfire.global is a movement made of men and women who understand that past plans won't work for the future. We're in a new time and a new place that requires us to fan the flames of vision to a whole new level going all in with God like never before. So fire up your purpose, come find your people, and frame up your plans to set the world ablaze together with me at www.onfire.global.